For those serious about becoming successful, consistently profitable options traders, now is the time to build skills in technical analysis, market analysis, and applied volatility to get those results. We have multiple memberships, starting with our Go membership that teaches rules-based trading and our Pro membership that teaches more subjective trading. For more information, go to lockinyoursuccess.com slash memberships. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Trading to Win with John Locke, and that's me, for August 2023. I'm pretty excited that we're starting this new segment. So as we have just been discussing over the last meeting, that we're going to be transitioning to this new format, Trading to Win. It's going to be a fantastic format that is intended to help you really accelerate your ability to trade well and your ability to win more consistently. We're going to show you different ways of looking at the market. I'm going to show you different ways of looking at trading so that you can get to the point where you can just make a boatload of money trading on a regular basis. So pretty excited to share this with you and hope you're excited as well. So before we get going, we have the normal disclaimer here that we are doing this for educational purposes only. When our broker deals or financial advisors not making any specific trade recommendations, also please be aware if your risk in trading options is substantial. Please make sure you're aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. And also note that uh, much of the things that we're going to show you here are going to be hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. They would be believed to be as accurately represented as possible. And you need to keep in mind that live results can vary some, from simulated results for many different reasons. So today, I'm going to talk to you about application of trading in intermediate time frame. We're going to look at the technical formation of a thesis, and I'm going to start at 7.13 until our thesis failed. So we call it thesis failure. Uh, we're going to look talk about the position for that thesis, monitoring the thesis and changing the position or exiting when things change or new information comes in the marketplace. And we're going to talk about uh, the technical formation of a new thesis when our old thesis fails. So I'm going to go start by talking about technicals. And I know many of you are in Market Outlook, uh, or if you're new to Pro Membership, you may not have that much exposure to it. But either way, um, I'm going to show you some of the things that I look at to determine the time frame that I generally trade. <clears throat> which tends to be somewhere between 15 and 65 days. This information can be applied to any time frame. If you're trading toward shorter term time frames, you might be looking at, uh, like I'm looking at a weekly chart. If I'm trading the t time frame of say 30 or 15 to 60 days, as we're saying, my primary chart is actually going to be the 90 minute, I mean, sorry, like the uh, hourly chart. So a 90-day chart um, that's hourly or maybe a longer-term chart that's hourly, it's going to be my primary uh, reference point. If you're trading, say, day trading, your primary reference point might be a two-minute chart. But you always want to be aware of what the longer-term charts are doing. So, for example, me being in the 15 to, we'll call it just 15 to 60-day time frame, um, I'm going to be primarily trading off maybe a 90-day chart. I might do my 
adjustments, if I'm trying to time adjustments off a shorter term chart, because that, you know, that turns into, um, you're timing the market at a little closer uh, time frame or a little cr- closer reference point. So I might shift down to the 15 minute chart to deal with maybe some execution on trades that I might want to do. Um, but my primary is going to be the hourly chart. And then from there, I'm going to be aware of what's going on on the daily chart. I'm going to be aware of what's going on on the weekly chart. If you're in short term time frames, like I said, you might be in a two-minute chart, but you should be aware of what your 15-minute chart's doing. You should be aware of what your hourly chart's doing. You should be aware of what your daily chart is. And sometimes those longer-term charts will have relevance. Sometimes they won't. But my point being, the process is all the same. The only thing that's different is is the time frames. Keeping in mind that your longer-term time frames are always more powerful than your shorter-term time frames. I put this in on-demand. We went back to uh, July 13th. And I'm towards the end of the day here. And I just kind of want to set a reference point for the technical situation and what's going on in the market. So we have this point here. And you'll see this too. This is a new drawing that I that I put up just for this webinar. But you'll see the same levels on our Market Outlook standard default chart. Okay. So here I have an important area on my weeklies, and this is the pivot point between my high range and my low range. Yes, there are penetrations in that, but those will come of importance later on. This is clearly basically my, my pivot point or my central area on, uh, on this time frame. I also have all-time highs I want to be aware of. A lot of times we're in the market, the all-time highs are lower than the actual market price. So a lot of times this doesn't come into play, but I do want that as a reference point, my all-time high. I also have a significant area here, which is another central range if you want to look at it. So on a short-term time frame, I have an upper upper side of trading range. I have a lower side trading range. The more specific value of that, if you wanted to kind of zone in on it, would be probably here. Yeah, right, probably right there. And I'm looking at the, this low, this low, this low, as far as weekly closes, making this also an important point on that range. Okay. And again, if you want to be a little bit more specific on this, I might be down into right here, which is about 4,200. So I'm aware of these levels as I come into my daily chart. I know that this is an important level. I know that this is an important level. Um, I have my recent range or price patterns, which is my most relevant price pattern before this breakout is here. So I have this, you can, you can look at this however you want, by the way, too, but I see this as a cup and cup and handle pattern where the cup is here, the handles here, and the breakout is well probably right here with that pattern. I have a price pattern target, and that price pattern target happens to be right here in this weekly zone. If I go to more recent price action, I have another cup and handle pattern here. And the price pattern on that shorter term time frame happens to be pretty much the same spot that this price pattern target is, pretty much the same spot as my weekly level is. As far as expressing the trade, what I decided to do here 
is I might do a butterfly on the SPX. What I did is here is I set up a 70 point wing butterfly. This could really be any size wing that you want. You just want to make sure, right? There's nothing magic about a 70 point, an 80 point, a 50 point, or a hundred point or whatever. There's nothing magic about any of that. Um, and that's what people tend to focus on. What I want to do is I want to keep my objective in mind where I'm thinking the market's going to maybe go to 4560. That's probably going to be about end of the road for that. At that point, there's a very low probability I'm going to have a problem up here. And I have a very high probability of a down move. So I'm not necessarily all that concerned about that. As a matter of fact, if it gets there, I might want to get more bearish and put in a control point to exit in case the market consolidates and I'm wrong. But I want to be hanging on negative delta, perhaps even more negative delta than I have if I get up here. Of course, if the market sits, I'm wrong in the context the market sits, it's not a problem. If uh, the market comes down to what my number that I have, um, 4450, uh, at that point I would be bullish and this position would pretty much be neutral. So it may not even represent my bullishness that I have in the marketplace. I have a time frame of 36 days. Why 36 days? Because I think it's going to take about 20 days to play out. And this gives me a little bit of a buffer. Okay. It's got nothing to do with the perfect days to expiration or anything like that. I think that the market's going to play out in this zone in the next 30 days. And that's why I'm positioned in this zone in the next 30 days. That's it. It doesn't matter what delta I'm at. It doesn't matter you know, my wing width or whatever. I could represent this a hundred different ways. I could represent it with a, uh, I could wait and not enter the market and hit a super, super bear when I get up in here because that would present an opportunity, which I could have done. And obviously that would have been simple and it would have been right. But this is another way to express, even if, if, I, if I'm waiting for the super bear, you know, I have to, I have to weigh the pluses and minuses of, Hey, what if the market sits or reverses early and you know, I didn't get my trade in. Okay. So there's always a benefit side. There's always a drawback side. And this is giving you the benefit of being in the market and having other scenarios play out and not really having an issue with it. So over the next few days here, go to say, let's just go to like the 17th. Hey, we had a pullback. We went further up. I'll show you the position in a minute when we get kind of maxed out in pain here. 18th. Okay. So we come up into this range here. So now I'm getting near the range where uh, I'm near the top of the market, or at least where I think the top of the market's most likely to be. And again, this is a range and I want to be aware of how much buffer I want to give it because that's going to determine how aggressively bearish I allow the position to get when I get up into this range. So here I go to, and this pulled back right away. So it wasn't an issue. And here's the 18th. Okay. So I should also be noticing some positional things going on here. Um, I'm drawing down. Again, this shouldn't be a freak out to me. I, I pretty much should have expected it, but I'm actually drawn down a bit more than expected. So as you're trading, you should have drawdown expectations in your mind of what the market should be drawn down. This is drawn down more than normal. You'll also notice the reversal T plus zero line has crushed down. Basically what that means is implied volatility skew curve is flattening as the market goes up. Um, implied volatility is probably increasing or not decreasing at the extent that, the, that it normally would as the market goes up. Both of those are confirmational bearish signals in my position from an implied volatility standpoint. So now 
to me, the probabilities of start getting even higher that we are probably going to get some sort of a pullback. That doesn't mean the market can't keep going. If you keep going, you always want to have your maximum drawdown in play and what you're willing to draw down on your position. And that, again, should be in relation to how much money, first of all, is responsible for you in your given financial situation. And second of all, uh, how much profit potential a trade might have. Here we are, we're getting to the point where I might want to get a little bit more bearish in this. Let me just go to following day here. So if we go to following day, we have market jumped right into my price pattern target. For me, this is time to add more bearishness into the position. Like I said, I don't know that this is the exact top and I might not be doing that if my probabilities weren't so high, but we've pretty much outlined a good reason where it makes sense to have to really start adding in some upside risk on the position. Now, if I oversize with my butterfly to start with, then that's problematic because now I'm drawn down too much and it's a problem. And that relates back into your position sizing on entry. And again, that relates back to how much room do you want to give it for the drawdown that you're allowed to have. I didn't mention a drawdown on this. Basically, $5,000 in this position would not be terrible for me. So in order for that to happen, I really, the market's got to clear up into here, which would be um, extremely unlikely. So um, that's what we have as of today. And you know, one way that you could represent or looking, well, first of all, one way of looking at the market and the probabilities of the market and leading your position one way or the other based on those probabilities, and then um, taking a look at control points that you can set up that are technical control points, control points you can set up that are positional control points. And if you're in a position where your control points are too tight, that means you're too close to expiration. You want to get out of the position and you can go further from expiration. You can set up wider control points that are more in line with your technical view. Or you can wait, um, get out of the market and wait until you hit some sort of an opportunistic level where you have a high probability of something happening or not happening. And then, and then you can play it there. But this is the way to be an effective trader. It's a way to, that, to adapt to the market environment. You're not just following rules and hoping that the market doesn't do what it usually doesn't do in the past. Uh, what you're doing here is you're being an active participant in your results and taking a look at what's going on in the situation, looking at the probabilities of where the market is, and we are adapting to those probabilities. And at the same time, we're taking a look at our position and seeing if it's matching up with what's likely to happen in the marketplace. This skill is a, it, to me, it's just a must have for any serious trader. Uh, one of the things you'll see me do sometimes in the market is you'll see me say, hey, this is a bearish butterfly. This trade isn't going to work out. I'm right about that with a surprisingly high degree of accuracy. I can say this is an M3.4U. This is going to work out or this is not going to work out. Or this is a good time to go in. And again, I can say that with very good accuracy. And the reason I can do that is because of this background understanding of what's going on in the marketplace and being able to um, assess probabilities and put those in my favor. And that's how I decide what to trade. Okay. So hopefully that's good for everyone and we don't have any other questions. So I'm going to wrap this up and we'll see you on the next meeting. Trade well, everyone. And that is what I have for you today. If you have any questions or comments or anything else you'd like to see in the next Trading Performance Podcast, 
please list that in the comments and I'll personally answer your questions and comments for you. Also, I'd love to encourage you to come on over to LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in your success.com and check out our trading performance and pro memberships where you can find the tools you need to become a much more effective trader regardless of the type of trading you do. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you on the next Trading Performance Podcast. <laughs>